This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? (laughs) Bless your heart. I trust everything's going all right at your house and that your heart is fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and trust and obedience. Trust and obey, says the old song, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You trust him for the things you can't handle, and you obey him in the things you can handle. Simple, yet profound, and it is the way to walk with the Lord. Well, we're looking at John uh, chapter 17. We've come now to uh, verse 24. And our Lord Jesus says, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Now he's, he's asked a certain thing, a certain number of things uh, about uh, his disciples. He says, uh, keep them. He says, I pray for them. And he says, keep them, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. And then he says later on, I pray that you would keep them from the evil one. Then he prays, he says, sanctify them. He's still asking for some things for us. Sanctify them through thy truth. And then he says, I pray that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Now, he says, I want them to be with me. So here you have the full scale of Christ's desire for you and for me. He wants us to be kept. He wants us to be uh, protected from the devil's attacks. He wants us to be set aside entirely for God's use. The word sanctified means set aside for God to use. He wants us to be one in Christ. And he wants us to be with him. And so he goes from time right into eternity in the scope of his praying. Small thought here. Learn to connect your praying with eternal issues. Now, I'm not advocating the uh, the uh, procedure that some skeptical wag has called pie in the sky by and by. That isn't the point. Most praying is incredibly banal and shallow. We have a laundry list of things we want, and we list them off to God and sign off and go on about our ways. Learn to connect your praying with eternal issues, eternal truth, and God's plans for eternity. I can guarantee you two things. One, it'll give you an entirely different viewpoint. Paul says we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It'll give you a different point of view on life and all that it involves. Eternal truth, eternal issues, and God's eternal plans. Link your praying to that. Now, there is no law against praying about the things you need. 
Paul said, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, everything, that is, make your requests known unto God, and the peace of God will fill your heart, guard your heart. So uh, we're encouraged to pray about everything. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. So there's, there's no restraint suggested in this matter of praying about what you need. But the underlying current of prayer, the, the, uh, uh, the saturating atmosphere of prayer to change the figure of speech may very well be brought around to where you're thinking in terms of eternal matters. You want to ponder that? I can't begin to tell you what to say. But I can tell you that if your heart is fixed on eternity, you'll pray differently about temporal matters. Remember the verse I quoted from 2 Corinthians. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Fix your attention on eternity, and you will pray differently about today. Good idea? He said, I want you to be with me where I am. Why? That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now, see, the Lord Jesus Christ laid aside all of his heavenly glory to come down the stairways of the stars, born of the Virgin Mary in a stable, uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes, placed the little newborn baby in a, in a, in a container that would have held straw for the animals, hay, hay or straw, manger, Humble, humble beginnings, humble upbringing in a carpenter shop. He laid all of the glory aside. Now the disciples saw it even partially and briefly on what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. Read the story in Matthew 17. They saw his glory just briefly and I'm sure only partially. John the Apostle had a glimpse of the glorified Christ as he writes about him in the first chapter of Revelation. But I'm convinced that the full glory of the Lord Jesus is something that a human being here on earth simply cannot stand any more than you and I could stand to look at the sun or an atomic explosion. The full glory of Christ is something that has to be seen with resurrection eyes. And it will happen. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, <clears throat> and that after my death, those skin worms uh, destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall behold for myself and not another. The prospect of being with the Lord and of looking upon him as he is and of being able to, to stand it and to under, understand and contain all that it means is part of the glorious hope. Paul writes about it. He says, The Lord shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall raise, rise first, then we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall be caught up together with them in clouds 
Dr. Pettengill used to say that's clouds of believers, not cloud clouds. Caught up together with them in clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be, what's the next words? With the Lord. Now you connect that passage to John 17 and verse 24. I want them to be with me. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul said in the Philippians, I would rather depart and be with Christ, which is far better. So you and I are traveling toward that time when we will be with him, and his prayer about us will finally be answered. He wants you with him. He wants you with him. Not that you should do anything or say anything, but that you should be there. For the great heart of God longs to share his love and his power and his compassion with you. Well, you and I are still on earth. We haven't gone to heaven yet. I'm breathing pretty well today, thank you, and feel like I might live for quite a while. I'm going to work on it anyway. We're still on earth. We haven't gone to heaven yet. So then what? Oh, you can know because the indwelling Holy Spirit has as his job to manifest Christ to you and through you. You can know something about this being with the Lord. When I was in the pastorate, I made about a thousand calls a year. Three times a day, go tell somebody about Jesus. In the process, I had many wonderful experiences. I remember the day I approached a door, looked through the window, and saw the master of the house smoking a big fat cigar. At the same time, he saw me coming, and he put the cigar under the sofa pillow. <laughs> well, he invited me, come in, pastor, so on and so on, you know. And we sat there, and I saw this thin wisp of smoke coming out from under the sofa pillow where he was seated. And I said to him, you better put that cigar out. You're going to burn the place down. <laughs> he was so embarrassed because he thought he had hit it. <sighs> oh, dear. But there was another call I made, and no one seemed to come to the door. And then, uh, after a while, this uh, young mother came to the door, smiling shyly. And she had a little three-year-old holding her by the hand, and as they stood in the doorway, they said, Pastor, we're sorry we didn't come to the door right away. We were talking with Jesus, just practicing the presence of God. Well, I thought that was great. Just the presence of God, a little three-year-old, being taught early in life that you can sit still and talk with God and be in his presence. Jesus said, I want him to be with me. Well... He said, Lo, I am with you all the way, even to the end of the world. So his presence is available right this minute. Small thought here. You can't hurry the presence of God. Be still, the psalmist says, and know that I am God. It takes a while to be still. Your mind keeps churning on with all different kinds of thoughts and you need just to wait before God until he quiets your spirit and you are indeed still before him. And then as you worship and as you praise, as you confess your sins and shortcomings, as you trust the precious shed blood of Jesus to cleanse you, as you respond to the promptings of the indwelling Holy Spirit, I can promise you, beloved, 
you'll know something about the presence of God. Can't hurry it. Can't dash in with a laundry list and say, Here, God, this is what I need today. But if you'll spend a little time with your Lord, and if you'll listen to what he says to you through his word and by the Holy Spirit, you'll know something of his presence. Jesus wants you to do that. He says, I want them to be with me. Ultimately, that means in his presence in heaven. Presently, it means that he wants to be with you where you are. You want to wait on him and you want to let him fill your life with himself. This is part of what he wants and I'm sure you too long for that experience, the presence of Christ. Dear Father, today let us know the presence of Jesus. I ask in his name. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.